Happy Hour. I'm your host, Zoe, and for this week's episode, we have a jack-of-all-trades who goes by many names, depending on his role, but I just call him Nathan. He's a director, producer, author, artist, and lyrical rapper whose work is not just incredibly amazing in of itself, but also aims to better the world around him. From acceptance to politics to fighting domestic abuse, Nathan is truly an inspiration for anyone looking to make it in the creative industry. This episode is brought to you by 774 from the Fabulous Winery, and now it's a Pinot Noir uh, from the Central Coast of California here in the United States. More importantly, it's got a cool little moth here on the bottle, which to me signifies transformation and growth, which is what we're all about here, and drinking wine. Or maybe the moth is Silence the Lambs. I don't know. Either way, let's meet Nathan and get started with this episode. So what... So anyways, we're here with Nathan, and Nathan is a jack-of-all-trades. You're going to find out a lot about this, and he's very, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's very active in the Salt Lake City and greater Utah film community, as well as the music and the literary community. There's nothing that he can't, can he juggle? Uh, a little bit. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, um, anyways, welcome to Herspiration Happy Hour. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of his projects he has and how he's basically helping not only the next generation of Utah uh, filmmakers, actors, actresses, but he's also inspiring musicians and uh, people who are reading. Here we have some uh, background interference. These kinds of things happen. So first of all, let's, okay, why don't you list for me all the things that you do? Well... (laughs) You know, it all started off with drawing and illustrating back when I was, you know, in elementary school. My brother taught me how to draw my first, I don't know, I think it was a tiger or something. And then it, then it went on to Ninja Turtles, which were big back then. So anyways, we went from illustrating, and, and then I went to AP Art, in honor, um, honors, class, honors Art in my high school. And after that... Um, I got a camera one year for Christmas. I didn't ask for anything. I kind of wanted to opt out of Christmas. So I didn't ask for anything. And uh, there's this gift, and it's a camera. It's a you know film camera, not a video camera. We're talking photography. I've never taken a picture in my life. And um, I, I took that camera down, and it sat on a shelf at my college for, I don't know, a few months. And I thought, I might as well pick it up. And then I found a love for photography. I started doing that, and I did a little bit of less um, drawing and illustrating. And then from there, you know, the digital age came about. Okay, so now I have to ask you something. First of all, by the way, if you don't ask for something for Christmas, you know what you get in my house? You usually get socks and sweaters you're never going to wear. But I probably got some of those <laughs> as well. <laughs> when, so when you learned how to do photography, now you just dated yourself with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference, so now you open the door so I can walk in. Because <laughs> I know it's rude to ask you how old they are, but like you open the door, I'm going to walk on in. Did you learn how to did you learn how to do photography on like the old school like film cameras or did it was a it was a film camera, yeah. So you learn how to develop film and everything, right? So in my college, yeah, I'm an oldie. It, I mean, this is before the digital technology. I when I came back, so I went to Southern Utah for for school, and then I moved back here and I went to UVSC for the second year, which is now Utah. 
It was Utah before. It was UVSC. Now it's isn't UV... UVU. 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 Yeah. Utah Valley yeah. University. Yeah. For those that who are was, familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my first time developing my own film and stuff. So after I took that class, I bought my own darkroom kit, and I started developing my own pictures in my bathroom. And yeah, so um, it is a film camera. That was your question. So that's awesome. And then you made the transition to digital. Yeah. So later on, probably when you were born. Sure, <laughs> I still remember. Um, I still remember the old school cameras. So yeah, don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after that, uh, after the digital technology came in, I got a digital uh, video camera, and me and my buddy started filming some short films and stuff like that. And then I got myself a DSLR, which is what I use now. I really like it, but I would like to upgrade as well. But anyway, uh, yeah, now I moved on to digital, and I still do illustration, but I'm now doing that digitally as well. And, yeah. That's, that's cool. So you basically got you went to school for art, so you got into the art, and you did photography, illustration, and your, your children's book. Did you illustrate those yourself? The, my children's book, I did not, okay. because I didn't have my own digital pad yet. Oh, um, what's a digital pad? So a digital pad is like a, a blank black t screen yeah. with that you draw on, uh -huh. and it puts it on the program. They make like $3,000 ones that look just like a TV that sits flat, and yeah. you can see what you're drawing, but yeah. this is like a pad where you're looking up at the... A screen and uh -huh. you're drawing down here so it's like a mouse what it yeah. is, is is it's like a mouse with a pen and a pad that's awesome that's awesome so okay so then how now i know that you told me that after so then what did you do after college i know somewhere there you went to was it philippines thailand philippines which one uh taiwan taiwan i, I was yeah, close yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was close <laughs> so while i was in uh, uvsc which is now uvu mm -hmm. Uh, I, I heard about these these people. They, they had flyers. Hey, go teach English abroad yeah. or whatnot. And I was really into martial arts and kung fu and China, uh, all the, the whole uh, Eastern Asia culture I just love. Mm -hmm. um, so I really had it in my sights to go teach abroad. And I was like a big Jet Li fan. I don't know if you know Jet yeah, Li. Yeah, everyone does, yeah. Yeah, Jackie Chan, you know, Bruce Lee. I loved all those guys. Yeah. So I wanted to go teach abroad. And I put a, a resume online and I got some replies. And I went and moved to Taiwan for... I chose Taiwan mainly because it's like China. Other, They got a U.S. government. They got five branches of government. So it's right. really free... But it, at the same time, they have the Chinese culture, and it doesn't snow. It so, doesn't snow. Right. And that, those, those were my deciding factors of why I went to Taiwan. So, you, would you because I was thinking that's going there, would you recommend Taiwan like, as a vacation spot for Americans? No, stay out of Taiwan. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it's only for me and my friends. Oh, okay. All, <laughs> Just right. Kidding. All right. No, um, I... They don't have the Great Wall. They don't. I mean, if you go there, they they used to have the tallest tower in the world, mm -hmm. which was the Taipei One Hundred and One. But now I think they're down, maybe tenth or fifteenth. Now right. the biggest one now is in Dubai. Yeah, I'm not quite sure because they they're building them all the time, and I just I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like um, in t if you go to Taipei, it's a lovely city. They had. Uh, the Dutch come in and, and rain, you know, for a while. They had China uh, rain, and then they had Japan there. So uh, Taiwanese culture has a lot of the different 
you know, yeah. vibes there. They have the the aboriginals there, which they all speak their own languages and stuff. They're kind of a dying yeah. tribe. Yeah. Tribes are, well, the people are still there, but like the the people who had like the original tattoos on their yeah. faces, it, yeah. it, it, it was deemed illegal after some time. Yeah. And you couldn't do that because um, of the violence and Japan was trying to suppress yeah. The aboriginals. So, anyways, those the people with those original tattoos—they're almost dead. I think there's wow, only one or two left. Oh, that's insane. Mm. So, I mean, it's, I think now, especially, especially with like everyone knows everything, you can talk about even these like remote tribes in places like you've seen them in Africa and in, in the uh, you know in the jungles. There is there's some Amish people in jungles in Brazil. It's a real thing. I saw it's like on the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on the internet, so it must be true. But like, it was really on the news. Amish people in the rainforest in Brazil with cell phones. And so with now you are connected to the outside world, it's almost hard for anybody to be isolated. Unless you want to go on that like Senegalese island or whatever. Yeah. Unless you want to go somewhere like that, you're not going to, you're going to, everything's it's going to be hard to be really, really, really different and unique, you know, because everything's just kind of blend together. So now what did you teach there? Um, I was teaching English for some time. And then uh, the, the school liked me enough to give me a manager position. And then I was... Uh, managing and I was creating the content oh, cool. and we had like a theme house where every three months they would decorate this whole building in yeah. different themes yeah. so like Alice in Wonderland we did one uh, one time and um, dragons and swords and yeah. I don't know castle theme yeah. so it was a lot of fun um, yeah I was there 10 years in Taiwan and I've been back for about a year. Now, before I went to Taiwan, I was also into the the movie, well, the film community here. And then after I left, it, you know, everyone took my place. So yeah. I had to pick, try to pick things back yeah. up when I got back. So what did you do in the film before you left? Like, what was how? So first of all, how did you even get into film? Because I mean, there's obviously a lot of people who want to get into film, but you're clearly successful because you have jobs. You get paid to do it. I mean, I I know this. Like, how did you how did you really get into it? Not just be a dude with a camera. Um, well... <laughs> and see, this is a good question because a lot of our listeners are aspiring videographers, directors, producers. And to, to just say, to, there's so many people now who say, oh, I got a camera, I'm a director, I'm a producer, this, that, and the other. How, the question is, like, what made you take it from I have a camera to I'm getting paid to use this camera? You know, as sad as it is when I reflect on myself, I would just say knowing the right people and luck. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because had I not known those people, I probably still would just be a guy with a camera. Well, okay. So, yeah, I, I think, and I think we all recognize that connections open doors. But mm-hmm. unless you're good. So, besides that, once... Okay, connect, that is the point. Because connections open doors. But, yeah. you're, again, you're, let me use the door now, do twice. Connections open doors, but you have to walk through them. And so, what, what do you think about your... How did you develop the skill set to set you apart? Well, the first paid gig we did was um, for actually um, Utah, what is it, the donor, yesutah.org or whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about. IDS, um, Intermountain Donor Services. Like donating organs? Yes, uh, you know, check yes on your license kind of thing. And what happened was, is my buddy Danny was... um, Walking, he sees there they have an old taxi cab, yeah, like the vintage taxi cab. He says, I love that taxi cab, and that's how he made that connection. And somehow, I can't remember how exactly it came back to me, but he wanted to do commercial, uh-huh. 
or a, a little video to answer all the questions about um, everyone's problem, like why they won't check yes on their license. We wanted to dispel all the the misbeliefs. Do you wow, know what I mean? Oh, that's a okay. That's a cool project. Yeah. So that yeah. was the first project, and the thing is, is uh, his name's Alex. Alex hadn't really seen any of our things that I believe he just believed in us, yeah. and we gave him a bid, uh -huh. and he took it, and he had to raise the money. But that video, I think it's like a 15-minute video. We called it, uh, Is There Life After Death, I believe. Is it, it still online? Can we yeah, find it on YouTube? Yeah, he can. Okay, all right, we're going to find it It's in YouTube. a two-part yeah. series, I think, on YouTube, because back when we uploaded it, they only allowed seven minutes uh, oh at that gosh. time. Now, now, I feel, now I feel old, because I, I remember that. <laughs> seven-minute uploads. Like, yeah. Wow. That's, okay, all right, we're going to check that out here, because that's that. Hi, my name is Akshel Miguel. I go to West Jordan Middle School. Um, I like to play volleyball and I play the violin. Good deal. And you've had an organ transplant, is that right? Yes. Okay, what was it? A heart transplant. Wow, that's pretty impressive. And when did you have that done? Um, when I was eight years old. So at eight years old, when you had this virus in your heart, did you ever think about that you may not be alive for much longer? Yeah, I did. I was scared about that. What kind of thoughts did you have? That I was just eight and I was very little and I wanted to see some stuff and my grandma in Mexico and if I died I wouldn't be able to see her or go to Mexico. I'm a Episcopal priest. Okay, so you did that and obviously you were successful with it. Yeah, well, like I mean, it, 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 he still uses it as a teaching tool today. I mean, I have lunch with Alex every... Few, couple of years or so yeah. we try to touch up um, but they still use it he says it's a great great teaching tool so I'm happy to be a part of that project awesome. it was a nice project I would say I've developed so much of my skills and from from then since then yeah um, there was you mean like your technical skills yeah I mean me and my buddy we uh, we were sitting around and uh, we were he he was jobless <laughs> and i had some time off and we're like what should we do and we said let's make a film and so we got online and we started checking out what film um what do they call those anyways youtube was holding this big old contest i forgot what it was called Anyway, we followed we checked out the rules we decided to enter we wrote it in one day and we filmed it in another day. And if you look at it, it's rather terrible when it comes to like the technical side. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's the idea was cool. Yeah. It was called The Guardian about this angel that came and took, you know, vengeance on people. Yeah. And it was just a short film. But Wait, what is this film called again? The Guardian. The Guardian. Oh, there's yeah. actually, uh, I think there's a new movie called The Guardian, but... Uh, yeah, I just, saw that, I just saw that trailer. I, I saw that uh, coming out here. I saw The Guardian trailer listed yeah. on my phone. That, But that one, I think we took top ten. Wow. Which was quite amazing from for back then, you know, yeah. being a part of this project. and uh, It was cool. And then uh, there was another project I did, which um, I was... I had back surgery... And during that time, I had some, well, quite a bit of time to, yeah. to do. And I did my first feature film. It's a silent movie. Yeah. And um, 
I love the movie as far as the characters and all that stuff, yeah. but I want to remake it with what I can do now. Because back then I was just a novice. I was just beginning. I was just learning, and I'm self-taught everything. So really, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so you've never, so you didn't take any like formal schooling. Not for video or anything like that. Did you ever, have you ever like watch like you, like watch YouTube videos or watch like read books like any like informal like. Uh, informal tutorials like did you ever you've done stuff you've done stuff like that yeah yeah so there's a adobe uh not adobe this guy named kramer something kramer he does all the adobe after effects videos yeah yeah yeah. he's he's really cool to watch so when i get stuck of course i need to figure it out yeah but other than that i pretty well taught myself to do most anything and i can do quite a bit yeah i've done a lot of music videos with gun battles and um, have gun battles? Have you filmed a Salt Lake City rap video, like rap music video, like where they're trying to be gangster? Have you filmed one? Of like those like gangster gangster? Like Salt Lake City, yeah, where they're trying to pretend to shoot at each other. The guys who've never seen a gun in their life. Have you ever filmed one of those? We used guns in my first feature film that was silent. Oh, no, but I'm I, talking about like but, a, a rap, a Salt Lake City a rap, rap video. video. No, I haven't. <laughs> You're really yeah. missing out. <laughs> have you? Uh, no, uh, my uh, funny story is so my cousin decided he was going to try to be a rapper, and uh, he um, his studio consisted of him, uh, his studio, it was his bedroom, and his producer would, would ride his bike over, be like, Zoe, toss me over the key. I would toss him the key, he'd, he'd bring up his little bicycle up, they'd go in his room, and then they would, you know, be drinking. And one time I opened the door because I was going to give his check, a check for him came in the mail. And they go, Zoe, what the hell? We're in here making beats. God. I'm like, you're sitting here drink, drinking and watching YouTube. But then they had an idea to make a rap video. So mm-hmm. they said, okay, Zoe, peep this. And I was like, all right, I'm listening. I said, so we're going to make a rap video. I'm like, okay. I said, we're going to have a private, first of all, we're going to have a private jet. We're going to have mad honeys on the private jet. And I'm like, where are you going to get a private? They just cut me off. So I was like, all right, I'm going to listen. Fine. I said, mad honeys, private jet, popping bottles. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, shaking asses like in front of the camera, like you know, like a real rap video. I'm like, okay, so I listen. I'm like, raise my hand. What, Zoe? I'm like, where are you gonna get a private jet? Like, damn it, Zoe, you don't understand hip hop. And I'm like, oh, I understand logistics. Like, fine. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, yo, like we could like film like like a gang scene. We're like, we're shooting at these homies. The other homies are shooting at us. And I'm like, you, Dave, you guys know how to use a gun? No. Dave, you guys have a gun? No. I'm like, they're like. It's called special effect, Zoe. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, you know, so I didn't know if you had um, ever ever assisted. Well, in <laughs> one of the music videos I did, it was kind of um, an analogy of of um, this dragon and a knight in shining armor, this dragon that rules the kingdom, and he's, <laughs> he's got to kill this dragon. But as he goes in to kill the dragon, um, you know, he, he fights the dragon. But in the video, you see it as a more literal sense where... It's the government. The dragon is the government. Ooh, the two-headed government. All right. So he goes into this this building where he, uh, there's a SWAT team kind of thing, and he has to kill all this, these SWAT members to get up to the dragon. Wow. But yeah, so that one uh, we had. I I found uh, them in Taiwan, and they're all airsoft players. Okay, that's cool. But that's cool. Yes. What's cool about airsoft is the guns recoil. They actually shoot, and you can see movement in the yeah, guns. So yes. It's we use those and then we, I add in like the little gun flares and bullets and stuff like that. That's but that's neat. That's like almost like is that video still online? Yeah, that what, one. What's yeah, it called? it's called uh, "Awaken" by Prince of Cats. That's cool. All right, we'll check that. Out.
most part i mean i like i said i was pretty well self-taught but uh -huh. yeah uh, if i came upon something a wall i would just go to youtube or kramer yeah i think his name is matthew kramer okay cool something we can like check that. it out we can check it out we can find a, like a i can i can always add in a link about him or something like that okay that's mm -hmm. awesome so okay so videos <clears throat> so what would you so what was your biggest what was your oh i say biggest what was your favorite project you work on as far as videos are concerned my favorite project, as far as videos, God, you know, they, they all have like a special place. Every time I make a video, I say, this is the one that's going to go viral. This is the one that yeah. is going to be, that everyone's going to share. And then it, it d never happens like uh, that. So I love all my projects. Every time I do a new project, my latest project, uh, the music video, um, I really thought that would go viral about, you know, um, violence, domestic violence. I don't know if you caught that. No, I haven't. Which, is, that a, is that Prince of Cats one? Yeah. What's his name of it? Uh, Prince of Cats, and that one is One Life, One Card. One Life, One Card. card. So you got one life. You got one card. You got to make it card. count. Card. One yeah. Life, One Card. Like you're, like you're playing poker. You got that last card. You got to make it count, right? <sighs> So in the video, it's a 10-minute video, but it's it's not just a music video. It's got this opening sequence of a, a drunk boyfriend that goes in, and his girlfriend had clearly broken up with him. But he goes into, takes the back door, and she's making a candlelit dinner for whoever. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. It shouldn't matter. But he uh, opens the fridge and startles her, and he pulls a gun on her after she he realizes you know what's going yeah. on. And as the gun fires, it goes into the super slow mo motion where it's like a, almost a dream sequence we're talking yeah. where the bullet's going across the whole time where he's rapping. So there's, there's him firing a gun at his ex-girlfriend, uh -huh. and then he's rapping in the background between the two of them. Okay, that's wow, that's really cool. I mean, domestic violence, that's great that you, because not yeah. a lot of music, not a lot of um, music has addressed that for some reason. And, you know, like with all the other Well, they address it just in a positive light form, if anything. <laughs> yeah, especially hip hop music. Yeah, I think, like, uh, some people, like, uh, there are some people who do take the whole, like, you know, there's this one thing to be like, hey, the consenting adults shaking your ass. And other people would be like, oh, all right, you know, like, slap a hoe. You don't take that literally, and some people don't take it literally. And that's, that, is, that is a good point, too, uh, especially now with the R. Kelly stuff. You know, that stuff's crazy. So right. it's great to see an artist who is uh, who's really speaking out it's clearly speaking out against domestic violence sure. because it's one thing to say it like in a sound bite to actually have it in your art is a big deal well it opens up with some statistics which are very shocking yeah but, okay so um so some of the interesting statistics it says homicide is one of the leading causes of death for women aged 18 to 44 and in 2015, there were 3,500 and about 20 female homicides in the USA. Mm -hmm. Nearly half of those victims were killed oh. by a current or former intimate male partner. Yeah. 
So you went to so we got the videos. So you built up a great film career here, and then you decided to go to Taiwan. And in Taiwan, you also got married, correct? Yeah, okay. but the third time. So I went to Taiwan in two thousand three, two thousand four, and then back in like two thousand eight. Okay. And got then it. I was in there from two thousand eight to two thousand eighteen. Got it. Okay. So when you were there, two thousand eight, two thousand eighteen. That's when I met you. Met your wife. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Okay, because I've met your wife before, and she's great. So far, I was like, okay. So you met your wife while you were there too, and then what? And so you guys decided to come back here. Yeah, mainly because um, I wanted to pursue the writing and authoring a children's book. Uh huh. Know. Yeah. So after we had our first kid, our first child, she uh, she was about eight. I don't know, six months or uh -huh. so, four months, and I started humming a lullaby to her. And that lullaby became the the story Priscilla and the Sandman. Her name, yes. my daughter's name is Priscilla, and so that was the the inspiration of my first picture book, which I've been wanting to do picture book for years and years and years. And finally, uh, this was a reason to do it. Plus, I was in a place where they can print really cheap. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, everything kind of was just right. That's cool. And so now your children's books are amazing. Now, Priscilla and the Sandman, I bought that for my nieces for Christmas, and that one's great. How many children's books? I, I know you have at least two because I bought them both for my nieces. Yeah. How many children's books do you have now? So I have the two, and I'm working on another one called mm -hmm. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Okay. And then I have another one that – and the, these, these two, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and the sequel to the circus one yeah. will be out this year. Okay. Sometime. I'm probably not going to do traditional publishing, right. uh, uh, offset printing, because yeah. it's just uh, expensive. So, and then I have another one called Little White Cat that I've been pushing to publishers, yeah. really wanting to get an agent for, because I think it's an awesome book. Every kid that picks that book up yeah. loves Little White Cat. Uh, it's hard so, to get an agent, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. So that would be, uh, after this year, uh, coming, coming in a few months, yep. I'll have four under my belt. Uh-huh. And then I have Little White Cat, Little White Horse. Uh -huh. um, it's kind of a series. Great. So, and you're so and what? So, how, what do you think? Because we have a lot of aspiring authors who listen to you know authors and writers who like listen to the show. What do you think is one of the hardest things about? What was one of the hardest things for you about writing the books? I think because I'm doing children's book, it's very different from another author's uh -huh. thing. And I would say, for, so I'm just going to speak for children's yeah. books, but the hardest thing, I guess, would be, for me, uh -huh. would be marketing. I'm just a terrible marketer. I'm a terrible social media person. Yeah. I don't like to toot my own horn, and when I do, it's like, I don't, I'm not very passionate about it. Yeah. So... I think that's pretty hard. I also think just getting your name out there. I mean, I've heard other authors say they've done it for 10 years before they were ever noticed. So yeah. I'm kind of still a newbie in, in the authoring business. Yeah, it's hard because it's an oversaturated market. And it does feel awkward to push yourself. Like, I mean, I have no, like me, I can't, I can share something once I've written it. But for me to try to push myself to 
to the big, you know, big media outlets, I always feel so self-conscious when I, you know, I want to like go right for one of the big names. It's hard because I want, you know, when I like, I, I just feel like, okay, I have to be my own hype man. And I think that's hard. You know, sometimes you have to do have to think, you have to think, I have to be my own hype man. Like, what if this is my, like, I, the way I've tried to think about it, start thinking about it is, what if I was a publicist for Zoe Zorka? What if Zoe, what if I'm Jane Doe off street? What if Zoe hired me to be a publicist? What would I be doing right now? And that's how I started to kind of think about. I started to think about myself when I go into that kind of like publishing, publishing mode. I pretend that my name's Jane and I'm a publicist that Zoe hired. And that's, that's kind of a good idea, actually. It's really, it really helped me because I had, you know, I had a. Just I, another pseudonym I can use. Yeah, exactly. You can start calling. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, we call yourself Nick. Yeah. Uh, you just come up with another name. I think, but it's because you know it's. And when I started thinking that, it became a little bit easier because I stepped out of myself and I realized, I somebody you know the big names they have you know all the big writers they've got publicists I don't so I have to compensate you know talking about like. Playing, playing cards, okay, well, I don't have that card, okay, so I've got to kind of fill it in with my own hand, and that's one thing that's um, been hard for me, so I think that, you know, that, yeah, think about, come up with Nick, Nick the, Nick the publicist, Nick's going to be the hype man, Nick's the agent, and that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, well, it's, it's even so, like, where would I do it? I don't have followers, you know, you know a huge amount of followers, you know. so, like, you, you, you pretend to be somebody, hey, I know this author who does a great job, it's just weird, you know, I, in Taiwan, I had a friend, um, she was Aboriginal and uh, married to another friend of mine, but she was so outgoing at a party. We'd be at a party and she would be pushing my books at people's faces and she sold probably 10 that night. Wow. Just, she's just that way, you know? So that's, what, that's who I need in my corner. Someone yes. who can just do that. I had a, I was, I had a, I had, oh my God, this guy drunk, we call him Drunk Pete. Drunk Pete, big Big dude, um, I'll play an audio clip of him here in a second. We're going yes. streaking! Yes. We're going streaking! That's Pete. Pete is the loudest, drunkest, most obnoxious guy at every party. And I had just gotten a stack of my books, the one book I ever wrote. And he literally made people give him $15 cash for my book. And I'm like, there, I'm like, Pete, don't do this. He's like, this is Zoe's book. It's really good. She'll sign it right here with the Sharpie. <laughs> and people were ponying up. They were giving him cash. They were Venmoing him. He took $5, gave me 10 And I'm like, okay, you know what, Pete? You That he, that was his thing. I'm like, okay, that's one way to do it. So you need a drunk Pete. Uh, but more, exactly. more than drunk Pete, you know, you need that person who's excited about your work. And your work is great, you know. Um, and I need, I do need to, I need to get a picture of my nieces reading the books. Um, my one little niece just broke her arm on Monday though, so mm -hmm. she's, man, it's a nightmare. But they loved it. They really, really did. And the artwork is just amazing. That old, the old vintage circus posters right. are really, really cool, and we love those. And th those, that one I did illustrate either because right. that one's uh, vintage circus posters I took from the public domain and yes. I edited it and changed, and made it uh, my own story. So that I'm having a sequel to that one. Yeah. What's cool about the sequel is. Um, the first one I was afraid to do like the dog-faced boy. I was afraid to do the strange and unique. Yeah. You know, quote unquote, the freak show. But it wasn't. That's what they did back then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the sequel, I'm adding that, and instead of calling it the freak show, yeah. I'm calling it the strangely unique. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to teach tolerance in the the book as well. That's so cool. It's yeah, it's really cool. I got the tattooed people. I got the tall man. I have. Um, the dog-faced boy. I'll, I'll, be your bearded, I'll be your bearded lady. I'll tell you story about that in a second. Continue. Nice. Uh, I was looking for, I mean, I was looking for a bearded lady, but I didn't find a poster that was in public domain that I give could me two use. Give me two months. I got you. <laughs> 
I went to, I went to, I was home over Christmas, the, uh, I went to this, you know, the one of those, like, like, Asian nail salons, you know, and I asked the lady, uh, because I went to go get, like, my brows waxed and lash, you know, my lash extensions filled in, I said, hey, can I get lash extensions? She says, oh, no, because you, um, she said, we mostly have white, like, real white people here, and she's like, nobody here has them as dark or long as yours, it won't, like, look as good, it'll just look like your natural lashes, I'm like, oh, thanks for being honest, can I get my brows waxed? She says, yeah, come on, back, lay down. And so she goes, lay down, she goes, ooh, she goes, you're very hairy. And I'm like, okay, now we're gonna be too honest. She goes, I whacked whole face. I'm like, oh, whoa, we just keep, whoa, we've now, we're now we're getting in the way too honest. And she, <laughs> I was like, I've never had my whole face waxed. She's like, oh, you need, you need. And she's like, lay down. She's like, I do for you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So I lay down and, and I understand. And so I speak some Korean and I could understand what she was saying. And she was saying I was pretty, I got Ipoyo means pretty. I think that she was saying I was pretty, but like I had hair. And as she was mumbling this herself, she did the first one on my cheek. She shows it to me. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I get it. I'm hairy. So yes, I never knew that my face was hairy until she did a full face waxing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'll be your bearded, I'll be your bearded lady. Okay, so what's your author name then? So my other pseudonym for my uh, children's book, uh, uh, children's books is Anders Roseberg. It's a pseudonym that I picked from my last name, which my film, Nathan Anderson. So Anders, and then my grandma's name was Rosemary. So it, the name has meaning. That's awesome. So Anders That's really cool. That's cool. Okay. Cool. So now tell us about, but now we've touched on your authorship. What about Prince of Cats? Tell us a little bit about Prince of Cats. Because this is, you mentioned it already. Now you, so now you've uh, you got to kind of follow up a little bit. Because this, you are mm. incredibly talented with this. And see, in, with Prince of Cats, it was a, uh, it was a, it's my rap name, which I I started doing Prince of Cats to vent with my uh, pains and sorrows. In fact, my first album is called Pain. Yeah. I lost my uh, cousin in um, 2000. I think it was what was it? 1998. Oh my god. So long ago. Yes, 21 years. Yeah. 1998, I lost my cousin. I was, uh, I'm really telling everyone how old I am now. I was 19. <laughs> Uh, he was like my best friend, um, and to deal with some of those pains and you know my ex-wife and my divorce and stuff like, I just started writing all these things and it was a way to vent. Prince of Cats was a way to vent, and then to do the music videos for Prince of Cats was like great two for one. You know, yeah. I get to expand on my video. Yeah. I get to play with what I already know. I get to learn and grow as a filmmaker. Yeah. And every video I made, I was trying to push the envelope, push my boundaries a little bit more, teach myself something new. Yeah. So every video has a little bit of eye candy mm -hmm. that I was trying to, to teach myself. Your videos are really awesome. And I want to also say, like, I would describe you more as like a rapper. I think rapper sounds so, because there's everyone out here is a dime a dozen rappers. I would describe you as like, I would describe you as like a, like, what do you call it, like a lyrical rapper, like, um, what is it, uh, uh, who's the, oh, I can't, I'm blinking out his name, like, more like a Kendrick Lamar, like, um, a Logic, someone like that, like, people who really get deep with the lyrics, like, your lyrics are, your lyrics are amazing, your beat's amazing, you sound a lot, I told, did I tell you you sound like a lot like Air Dubai? You, I think you said someone They're else amazing. before, but yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. someone like you, so I think it's more, it's, I mean, and this is coming from a girl who gets, I feel how many rappers slide in my DMs and ask if they can put me on the source, and they send me a link to their SoundCloud, and it's just awful and terrible oh, and tragic. I, 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 I firmly believe 95, 90% <laughs> of rap is not that great. Yes. And 
I mean, everyone's trying, you know. I'm not, I'm not amazing. I mean, like you're, I said, you're very good. You're extremely talented. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play like a snippet of of your song, of your songs here. You're incredibly okay. talented. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, every video, uh, so Prince of Cats, the first album's Pain. I wanted to do a second album where I'm just taking and I, I, illegally stealing beats uh, or old vintage songs from the 50s because I love the 50s. Yeah. Where I take the beat, I make a hip-hop beat, change the lyrics, and I was just going to make that a mixtape uh -huh. in, a, in a sense. I was going to call that the B-sides of 45s, uh -huh. 45 records, yeah. and then the B-side is like, hey, here's the A side, which is the popular song. Mine's the B side, which oh, is the rap cool. song. Oh, yeah. So I was going to call it the B sides of 45s, and I have about four or five of those oldies ones um, that are up to download. Neat. And then I'm still, you know, I still get people, hey, I want to do a song with you. I want, Let's work on another track. Uh, I've got three or four tracks I'm trying to finish right now, and it's tough. Yep. It's tough to juggle when... I have all these things plus my own personal life with yeah. two kids and a wife and and today's your anniversary. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, so yep. We won't keep you much longer. Um, and we're, we're going to play here some more songs in a second. All right. So before we go, what's your top three tips for success? And this is again general success. Like, what would you say in your, you know, um, however many years old you are? I can't really do the math right now. However many years old you are, what's your tip for success? <laughs> I don't see myself as super successful to be honest and so for me to give out tips i don't know i feel like who am i to give out tips to be successful well you've done something you've done a lot of things right what i am is i am a person who believes to follow your passions and dreams no matter what the cost because at the end of the day we have one life True. in my mind in my in, i know yeah. everyone has their own beliefs I don't know if there's an afterlife. I don't know if I'm going yeah. to planet Jupiter or some other galaxy far off. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen, right? But right now, whatever happens, we're the not going to remember. Exactly, yeah. So, and I'm not saying we, we should live our life robbing and stealing and right. do what you want. I'm saying you should live your life and follow your dreams and passions because you're, you don't want to wake up one day at 80 years old and say, I should have talked to that girl or I should have done this or exactly. I should have done that. I should have done more music. I should have danced more. I should have laughed more. You should just follow your passions now. And if that means sacrificing a, you know, a well-paying job, for me, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you say, the way they say that there's no U-Hauls and funeral processions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So that's a good one. Okay. Well, yeah. Anything, and that's any not idea? three of that's, them. I know. That's why I'm like asking for two more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just say follow follow your dreams and passions no matter what. Um, you know, because, yeah. And then what's, what's another two? <laughs> God. Um, being successful. I, I'm. This is another thing I strive to do. And I one thing you can do and it's really hard give your give 20 people a compliment a day oh really cool and it's it's really hard because i probably don't ever ever get above five i don't even see 20 people i don't talk to 20 people i don't see well, 20 human beings we a do day. see well that's the hard part so when you when you do see those humans human beings outside you know you need, try that. you need to you need to do it and the reason why i say uh this is a key to success is because um it's all about 
karma and energy. If you per give the positive energy, yeah. you can get positive energy back. That's amazing. So I, while I was living abroad in Taiwan, I just wanted to be that kind of person. Try to be positive and um, positive, give positive energy because no one's going to want to do business with negative energy. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and that's very if true. If your head's down in, in the clouds and you're depressed all the time, people are not going to say, that's a guy I want to do business yeah. with. They were gonna, but if you see that, if you act like you have everything already, yeah, people are gonna say, "What? What does this guy have?" And I would like to take my chances with him. And that's my opinion. And that's how I met uh, Chris. Um, I met Chris in Taiwan. Yeah, he did music. I did music, and we both worked together for a bit. And he loved the filming I've done. Yeah. So. The, hence what we've got here, you and I, you know, with yeah. Cal Express. Oh, so you met Chris in Taiwan? I didn't know that. Yes. That's cool. Actually, I, you know, I'm going to just go along and see all live and say that that's probably one of the best tips for success I've ever heard. Like, the compliment 20 people and the energy and stuff like that. This, of all the shows I've done, that's one of the best tips for success I've ever heard. So, yeah, thank you for that. That was awesome. Well, thanks. I hope I hope you guys do better than I because <laughs> it's hard. It is, like you said, it's really hard because to think... And it can be somebody's smile, it can be just whatever. It doesn't have to be a huge compliment because yeah. you're just giving that positive energy. Yeah, exactly. I like your smile. Hey, that's a great jacket. You know, the other day I was, um, you want, you want to cut it? Oh, no, it's fine. Okay. Hey. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah, so, yeah. So the other day I was at, um, I don't know, some restaurants. Yeah. And this guy's behind me. He looks different and unique and special. He's got on his hat, and uh, I can't remember like a what kind of hat they call those. It looked like from the 30s, 1930s. Like a fedora? Yeah. A fedora, yeah. A fedora. So anyways, he's standing there, and I could easily just look at him and whisper to my wife and then leave, but yeah. that's not what I try to do. Yeah. So I said, hey, man, I really like your threads. Mm -hmm. um, are you a musician? Because you look like you could be a musician or yeah. an artist or something. Well, he told me he was a film director off of CIS, what is it? CSI. C CSI in um, New Orleans. This is CSI New Orleans? Yeah. Well, and he, he's there. He graduated from BYU, and he's from Utah. But I'm still stuck on the fact that this is CSI New Orleans. I haven't heard about this. <laughs> Okay, alright, alright, continue, sorry, I'm lying so, diversion. Yeah, 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 so I met him and um, I just said, and again, I could leave it at that, and this is another uh, piece of advice yeah. I'll give to you yeah. right now, um, and I heard this from one of the guys from Fast and Furious, the black guy, uh, what's his Ludicrous? name? No, 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 the other guy. There's oh, okay, a, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, I, you know, I'm trying to remember. I'm the most recent one stuck in my head. The most recent one, the guy was like, oh, "There's Ludacris, and then there's the other guy." There's he's, been eight. There's was he in all of them? Was he in like nine? He's in a lot of them. Okay, I'll have to. Yeah. I'll, I'll, one I'll of the main up, guys. Yeah. I followed him on Facebook, and he gave me a piece of advice that uh -huh. I'm going to give you, uh -huh. which is when you meet somebody who is successful in your business or industry, take the opportunity to ask them. Don't don't say, "Hey, can you do me a favor?" or "Hey, can you make me famous?" Hey, I know you. You're what's your name? And and, and totally embarrass them. Yeah. But take the time and do what I did, which is what I, what I said to the guy. I said, look, I don't meet directors all the time, yeah. and when I do, I want to um, I take this opportunity to ask you, how did you become successful? It's a good one, yeah. Um, what what can I do 
to better myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not asking for any handouts. I just yeah. I'm curious. And so he kind of gave me a little five minute minute spill, which in the end he said, you know, um, it, it happened to be a connection. Yeah. He said, what, and I said, so what you're telling me is you need a connection in, uh, in Hollywood or whatever to become a, a famous director. Or, and he said, basically, yes. And then I gave him a pat on the shoulder. Yeah. And I said, well, you are going to be my man. And then he laughed. And then I laughed. And I said, in all seriousness, seriousness um, can I send you my demo reel yeah. and some music videos? Yeah. And I said, can I get your email? He said, yes. And I did. Now, nothing's come up of it yet and yeah. i haven't followed through i sent him my links um after i got his email it took me two three months to send him that so yeah. i wasn't totally being um you know over yeah. forward yeah. but um at the end um i probably should follow up it's yeah. been another couple months and say hey did you get the chance to take a look yeah. at those and yeah. stuff so yeah that's cool that's my three pieces i guess there you and, go uh, and you never know like the connections i mean i actually um and people wonder how I got the job at the source, um, especially like not living out in New York City where almost everyone else does. There was a guy, he was, I won't say who it is, there was an ed, I had sent my stuff to an editor at a very, very famous publication that everyone's heard about. And like I sent him, printed up like some articles, printed up my profile and like wrote him a really nice letter and stuff. I even sent brownies too. And like I sent him this really nice package. He opened it, like he basically like, he kind of, re- he, straight, okay, I will say he rejected me, but like, cause he said maybe I wasn't ready for that, like his level but he knew an editor at the source and that's how I got the job. So based, so it was like, even though things don't work out with that yeah, yeah. Um, place. You just never know who. And you know, and now it's like, now, and then it's like, you know, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna submit something to him in the future and I'm gonna say, and you know, now, like he said, he follows me on Twitter and this, he's, this is a big name. And so when it's my time, I'm gonna, that, now it's gonna be my time, you know, to talk, to say this to him, you know, to give yeah, this to him yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so I think you don't, you don't know, but if you put yourself out there and you're not in a nagging, annoying kind of way, it, it's that's it's some it's gonna pay off. Yeah, and that's kind of where the twenty compliments come in. Yeah, you never know who you're gonna meet. Exactly. And you could you could just keep your mouth shut and not meet anybody. Right. Or you could pay somebody a compliment and they could either roll their eyes at you or smile, or you could make someone's day. Most yeah. most more often than not, you're gonna just make someone's day. True. True. They're gonna true. remember that, and they're gonna remember you. From giving for giving a compliment and noticing something about them that nobody else did, perhaps. All right, well, thank you so much for coming and joining us today, Nathan. And um, for those of us closing out here, I'm going to end with uh, Nathan's pseudonym, uh, his alter ego, Prince of Cats. Uh, his song "Awaken" that we talked about earlier. I think personally, it's one of my favorite tracks. Um, check him out on YouTube, Prince of Cats, and be sure to subscribe to his channel to see what he's got coming next. Have a great weekend. organization called the Bilderberg Group. They claim the group gets together to plan policy for a new world order. A world order. We needed a new world order. A new world order. The financial system works for a few at the expense of the many. The founders did not intend to be run by big banks and Wall Street. We need to get that power back by reclaiming control over the money I'm system. I'm a rider, only known as an outsider. But my heart's gone cold and I've grown so tired. I got the desire to see that two-headed monster that stole our kingdom retire. It's ruled so long that in some eyes I have conspired. The truths I've told are lies. I'm a liar. Ruthless and bold, but 
but I can't deny it. It just adds fuel to my fire. Finish my corn and rice and say my goodbyes to my daughter. Put on my armor, kiss my wife as a look in her eyes. Tell her she's the love of my life. And if I don't survive, carry on. That is my wheel. Pick up my blade and my shield. Gallop away in the sunset and make my way on up to the cave and the hill. You can run away. You can try to hide. When I finally find you, I'll put you down to size. Yeah, you can run away. You can try to hide. When I finally find you, I'll put you down to size. Stop this now at the entrance just for a minute. For a distance, I hear in front of me grumbles and hissing. Just softly on the rocks, oops, and I slip shit. Silence falls, a deep breath, and I'm sensing it's awake. Alright, be quiet, listen. Light breaks, and up ahead, a spark gets lighter and brighter. I flinch it, misses me just by inches. It locks up the walls of the cave in an instant. No time to fall, I gotta stay persistent. And then I recall my wife and the look in her eyes. Not to forget the significance of the resistance and the fall and demise of the tyrant monster government the lies got the conviction time to cut you down the size you can run away you can try to hide we not finally find you i'll put you down in size